brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Yes, it's sipping time again. Hello and welcome to this Sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. This is a one-hour show that's kind of entertaining for five or ten minutes at a time. That's yeah, going to be tops this this week. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much tops. I mean, they never link together. They're just no, 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 interspersed yeah, through the right, hour. So. Right, and I'm just going to give it one segment of that, too. We are still banned in most civilized countries and some uncivilized countries as well. Uh, this is Made Man Bob, and joining me today are Made Man Brent. It's a pleasure being in the basement. Love it down here. Made man Maury. Good morning, Bob. Thank you for the haggies and neeps for breakfast. It's a great way to start the day. Good old boy, Justin. Good morning, Bob. I appreciate this sheep dip trough so I could clean up before the show. <laughs> it's the first time he's ever cleaned up before the show. <laughs> you can just clean up in the back and the water dripping here in the basement. I don't know what you're worried about. And good old boy, Alan. Hiya, boys and girls. We're in for a treat tonight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, you know, you can tell when somebody's lying, their lips are moving. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Brent Moore and myself are with the Bourbon Mafia. And the Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization composed of bourbon enthusiasts and industry professionals with representation in eight states. Our members combine a love of bourbon with a passion for charitable work. The group uses their love of our native spirit to raise money for local and national charities through rare bottle auctions and other themed events. Check us out on Facebook at The Bourbon Mafia. Our show is also sponsored in part by the Florida Whiskey Society. To find out more about the society and all their tastings, dinners, and other events, visit them at ftlws.com. And lastly, our show is also sponsored in part by Fine Spirits in Cooper City, Florida, home of the Enomatic Machine, serving great wines, whiskeys, and other spirits by the glass. You can find them at www.finespirits.net. Yeah, he's not here today. Why am I even doing a commercial for him? I don't we should know just why. tell him that we did. He wouldn't know yeah. any different. He doesn't listen to the show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah that was the Enomatic Machines don't work. Too late. Too late. Let's go back, edit it out. Our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee. In today's show, we will discuss products from the Teleberdeen Distillery. Say that three times fast. Come on. Yeah. Get into it. It's like an ACDC song. So. <laughs> All right, and our samples were provided to us today by Joe Andolfi from Opeachy Family Distributing. And here's the whiskeys we're going to be discussing today. We have the Teleberdine Sovereign, the Teleberdine 225 Sauterne Finish, the Teleberdine 228 Burgundy Finish, the Teleberdine 500 Sherry Finish, the Teleberdine 20 Year, and the Teleberdine 25 Year. All right, so who do we want to pick to do the SIPs ratings? Let's have Brent do it. Me. Yeah, and your best uh, Scottish accent. My best Scottish accent? Well, we'll be tasting and discussing these whiskeys and rating them with the sips Welcome ratings. Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is, if it's no Scottish, it's crap. Crap. 
And, uh, yeah, we got our signature sounds with this. So here are these ratings now. One sip. Give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. Two sips. Nice. But what else you got, matey? Well, isn't that nice? Oh, it's just bad. Went downhill quickly, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Right get, off the edge. It doesn't get any better. I'm going to tell you that now. Right yeah, it's, it's like worse. It's like going down a mountain in a school bus with no brakes. Oh, Lord. Right. Eventually, there's going to be a horrible crash. Three sips. Hmm, interesting. What was that again? <laughs> Sound like Mr. Wilbur the horse. I don't have to yeah. go any farther. Yeah, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Wilbur. The horse is a horse, of course, of course. I'd like to have some more oats, Wilbur. Yeah. Four sips. Let's keep this a secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. Yeah. Here comes the train wreck. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Five sips. Oh, my. I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, we won't be hearing that anytime soon. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I, I, that was just that was just bad. That was just I I, I have no. What do you what do you say, Ric Flair? We talking about <laughs> Lord have mercy. All right, so let's have Maury give us a little bit of information about the distillery. Happy to, Bob. Thank you. The Tilliberdeen Distillery is built on the site of an ancient brewery that dates back to the 15th century. In 1947, William Delmay Evans began converting the brewery facility into the Tilliberdeen Distillery. The distillery's water originates from the surrounding Oak Hill Hills and is drawn from the Danny Burn. These hills are well known for the gold that was once mined from them. The clear water that runs through them will have taken 15 years to reach the Danny Burn. Sounds like a government contractor. Yes. In fact, the water is so pure that in 1979, the Highland Spring Company began to bottle this very same water. Oh, Danny Burn, the pipes, the pipes are calling. Again, there it goes right off. It just I can hear the people scream as we go over the cliff. <laughs> the distillery was closed by White and McKay in 1995. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. <laughs> and subsequently sold in 2003 to the Tillerbernine Distillery Limited, who reopened production. In 2011, the distillery was sold to their current owners, Picard, Vins, and Spirito. So, having said that, let's move straight on to our first expression today. We will be tasting the Tilliberdine Sovereign at 43% ABV, non-age dated. This is Tilliberdine's signature single malt and has been matured in first fill ex-bourbon barrels. Now, it's got an extremely light color, just a very pale yellow um, on the nose, a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of oak, perhaps a bit of honey and spice. On the palate, this whiskey is a little bit one note. It's got um, a little bit of honey, a little bit of maple, perhaps a little allspice, but very non-complex. It's easy drinking, goes down easy, has a short finish, and very approachable but not particularly interesting. Oh, Brent, the man who doesn't drink scotch, what did you think? <laughs> oh, what a wonderful expression we have here. <laughs> this, uh, the color of this is 
and it was very light, lighter than you know when you got a straw color. This is kind Either of like you're in or you're out. Straw. You know, are you in? The what in? You're in or you're out. I'm in. Okay, I'm in. And so well uh, hydrated. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. Yeah, the uh, I get a li- I get a little bit of a, a little bit of vanilla on this, and a little bit of like a pear fruit on it on mm-hmm. the nose. Um, not a lot. It's just it's very very mild for anything on the on the palate. I get a little bit of uh, like a fresh cut grass and some pears, maybe just a touch of honey. But other than that, it's very very one notish. I'm not you know not extremely happy about it. Not extremely disappointed about it. There are no flaws. No, it, I'm not. Like I said, I'm not happy. I'm not disappointed. It's just like there. It's just like I just want more. You know, packaging is beautiful, though. Well, yeah, yeah the, the, I love the, the crown. Yeah, they got a bottle. They got a, a raised crown, fourteen eighty eight on the bottle. It's beautiful, nice thick bottom bottle. Yeah, I think you guys summed it all up in saying it's got a little of this, a little of that, a little of this, a little of that, and it does. And it's great to be able to pick that out. But I think it may be just a little too little of everything in there it's, jack of it's, all trades master of none yeah it's certainly drinkable all just right? a wee but bit. there's there's nothing in there that 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 says wow this is its own unique dimension and yeah there's nothing that says oh i gotta go buy a bottle of that right there's, there's nothing, nothing that, that says that. this is yeah, tulberdine no, it's yeah. really just an average generic scotch yeah yeah yep what do you think justin i think that if you're on an airplane and they really didn't want you to come fly back again. They they would serve this to you. <laughs> and it's just a wee bit of this, a wee bit of that. No one's going to write a letter saying it offended me because there's nothing in it to do that. But I could pull out a little bit of vanilla, oak, spice, honey. It'll probably get you there, but you could probably find a better choice to get you there. What do you think, Bob? Well, on the nose, I picked up the vanilla. Um, I definitely picked up a little bit of pear note, um, like a cocoa butter, white chocolatey kind of note on the nose. Um, on the palate, definitely some honey, some maple syrup, some vanilla, um, and an almost sort of slightly cocoa-y kind of finish, like like just not not real strong, and 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 a slight spice. Kind of like a spicy cocoa, not real bold, but just sort of on the back palate when it was going. You got to really dig deep for that yeah. cocoa. Yeah, <laughs> it's and yeah. Well, that's you know, I was I was digging deep. I was I was you know tried it with like water. A, it's like a dry cocoa. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like very, yeah, 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 very it's much a dry powder. cocoa. It's a, it's like a cocoa powder. powder. Yeah, yeah. 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 down into exactly. the basement. Yeah, it's like that. the Hershey is using. Your mom used to buy when you were a kid when she was making brownies. So yeah. Ovaltine. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ovaltine. Ovaltine definitely works. Yeah, it uh, it uh, again nothing nothing stands out, um, but nothing offends. But nothing offends. It's yeah, it's it's not uh yeah, it's you know it's well put together. It's it's pretty balanced. It just uh, it needs to be cranked up. You know, it, it needs to uh, some of those flavors need to go up to eleven. It's too it's too one note. Yeah. yeah, Switzerland of scotch. But you know, all in all, you know, certainly again, not not offensive. Uh, certainly serviceable whiskey. Um, Would you give it? Well, 
We gave it two sips. Well, isn't that nice? All right, so we're going to move on uh, to the next one when we come back. And we're back, and we are talking about whiskeys from Tullaberdine, and we're going to have Alan tell us about our next product. Now we're going to try the Tullaberdine 225 Sauterne finish. Uh, this was bottled at uh, 86 proof. Uh, there's no age statement on it. The expression is matured in first fill ex bourbon barrels and then finished for another 12 months in 225 liter Chateau Sauterne casks. Hope I said that correct. Sudero. Sudero. So the color is uh, a little bit darker. It's nice, beautiful color. And it has a very interesting nose with citrus, cantaloupe, and orange marmalade and vanilla, and even some black pepper and spice and honey and cocoa. And I think we tasted the cocoa in the Tullabardine Sovereign as well. On the palate, it's orange, it's pineapple, it's vanilla. You're getting a lot of oak in there even though it's a non-age statement whiskey. And white chocolate and black pepper as well. The finish is dry. Um, I find most of the Tullabardine whiskeys up until a certain point of age are very, very dry. This is a dry finish as well. And yet, it's very unique. It's got the most unique taste to it. Type of taste that some will either love and some may turn their back on, but it's very, very approachable. Yeah, and yeah, this one here I get a lot of uh, a lot of citrus fruit on the on the palate. And at the end of the on the end of it, I get a, a creme brulee finish to it, which you know besides you get that I cocoa, think you're right about that. It, it goes it goes from like the it goes from like an orange zest, um, you know, to the fruit to the vanillas, you know, and then a. a you know, and the a creme brulee at the end. And it's uh, very approachable on this one. Uh, nice mouthfeel. You know, I think they have, you know, compared to the our first one, our first expression, this one is much more enjoyable. Yeah. And I, I just added a bunch more water to it, and it really brings out the flavor a lot better. Yeah, I added a half gallon to mine, too. <laughs> brought it out just, That's what he does with every scotch he drinks. <laughs> he, he has this sort of ratio he puts enough water in it to where he doesn't taste scotch anymore and then he's happy so yeah. <laughs> actually the more water you put in the more the sort turn comes out yeah. and it softens the whiskey a great great deal yeah i really i that that, that cocoa that cocoa and creme brulee right at the end there really finished it off for me it, it makes really it very pleasant comes out with the water the cocoa didn't yeah. come out at all without the water right you know, and I think that it's been open for a little while now. When we first opened, I think it's definitely the air has definitely done some improvement to it as well. Yeah, air has helped it for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You get that vanilla, that spice and honey on the nose, and uh, yeah, this, I would have. To I have a much better impression of the whiskey now that it's been out. Me too. In the air I don't know if it's the, the air or the water because yeah. I didn't add water before. I thought it didn't need it. It was not uh, particularly hot. 
And uh, I would agree with everything uh, both Alan and Brent have said. I definitely get a little cantaloupe, which is interesting. Um, and there's definitely a little more spice. And there's no question that the uh, water brings out the sautern. And I tend to like sautern finished whiskeys. So honestly, uh, I've revised my uh, my thoughts on this and say it's uh, it's fairly pleasant. It's definitely got much more going on for it yeah. than the first whiskey. Yeah. Uh, think if your palate goes to like dry champagne and dry wine without water this is going to be an appealing spirit and if you don't like it dry add water to it and then it brings some sweetness out and the citrus and the vanilla that just aren't apparent in the beginning yeah definitely i'm i we open this, and of course, we sit here and we taste them and we discuss them before we actually start recording. So uh, this has been sitting out for some time, and it's it's a markedly different whiskey than much, when we poured it yeah, out of the bottle. Much more, um, um, you know, come and get and, me and kind what, of. You know, once in a while you'll run into that. It's yeah. not not all that. You know, it's not real common, but sometimes you'll have you know you'll have one that you'll open that will yeah it's slightly different after twenty or thirty minutes or an hour's worth of air. This one is completely different. It is from when we it first very, opened. It very much is, and and I'm Abby. hoping that the next couple expressions change too. Alan is absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> There's not enough water on earth for any scotch to change to your liking. Um, Alan's dead on with this. The, when you when you put more water in it, the sauternes really comes out. I mean, it it when I first opened it and I put nothing in it, I, I really didn't get much from the sauternes finish. It was a little bit sweeter, but other than that, I wasn't picking it up. But now. At what point is too much water? At for you, a ratio of uh, anything yeah, but less for than regular, one thousand to one. You know what? No, but for a regular person, you know, when you're adding water to it, you know, at what at what kind of ratio do you really want to add it? You know, to make the difference, it it's all dependent upon. You know, you add a little bit and then a little bit and then add a little bit more maybe. And, yep. and, and, stuff. and if and you find you added too much water to it, it's not brain surgery. Add a little more whiskey. Add more whiskey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I always feel like I added too much water. I always add more whiskey. Yeah. I tell my wife that every night. <laughs> what, that adding more whiskey will make you better? Yeah. It'll make me better. Yeah. <laughs> it makes, I like whiskey. It makes other people more interesting. So, uh, yeah, this one, uh, this one definitely was a surprise once it got the air. Uh, on the nose, I definitely got the citrus. I got, I got, uh, some honey. I got some melon notes on it. And on the palate, I definitely got the vanilla. I got the oak and sort of a cocoa buttery white chocolate on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the pepper on the back palate, almost the peppery cocoa in the back. Um, maybe a slight hint of citrus or pineapple. Um, yeah, this one, this one, it's a lovely whiskey. It's actually really, it's really changed <laughs> since it's been opened. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping those next two change. <laughs> You're hoping every scotch changes and tastes like bourbon magically. So I don't expect them to taste like bourbon. Yeah, you, you just hope they do. So uh, it's always a wish. Yeah. So are you saying we've upgraded our rating? Yeah. Yeah. Telebeating two twenty five sauternes finish. We give three sips. So we're going to be moving on to our next one. We're going to have Justin introduce that for us. Our next product is the Tellerberdine two twenty eight Burgundy finish. It's forty three percent alcohol by volume. And this expression is matured in first fill X bourbon barrels and then finished for 12 months in two 28-liter barriques that previously held Pinot Noir from the Chateau de Chachange Montrachet. Chazin Montrachet. 
Right. What he said. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely got the Pinot on the nose on this one. Some oak and vanilla as well. On the palate, I got some apple, some orange peel, uh, some nutmeg and oak. And um, there's a, f- a note on the finish that when I tried it earlier, I was not crazy about, but I'm going to revisit it now. And it's still there. It's hard. It's hard to describe. It's kind of like an off fruit note on the finish. It's it's kind of dry in your mouth too. Yeah. You know, I was. You know, it's just. It's a little bit off. The the dryness is a little bit off putting to me. Where you know when I get it, I get those. You know, I get those red berries and I get a little bit of vanilla and some oak in it. But then once I, you know, once I, I've added water to it, even and I still get this dryness. It's just like I want to scrape my tongue. You know, afterwards, you know, it's, I'm not, uh, not overly impressed with this one. I agree. What'd you think, Alan? I think it was better with more water. And I'm finding this to be amongst all the expressions that are in Talabardin. Um, it's, it's a, it's a nice whiskey. Is it anything super special? Nah, not really, but at least not to me, but it's a it's a unique profile on yeah, this. Yeah, it is. It's it a is. very unique profile of why you would want to drink this from a regular scotch or a, a peaty scotch or a smoky scotch or, you know, it's they they yeah. went a different route. It just doesn't fit my flavor profile. The things that I like doesn't mean that it's not a, a very good scotch whiskey. You know, I'm into different flavors. And this is one you might there. have to use like as a little as an accent to a dessert or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and things. It's just there. Uh, uh, I agree. It's a little bit uh, out there, but uh, it's it's neither here nor there. It doesn't really excite. It doesn't really offend. It's just sort of there. Um, Very kind of one note-ish. I mean, there's, yeah. well, there's different where you can pick out the different flavors. It doesn't have, it's not like complex like a lot of They like use a lot high of quality are. barrels from a great, great vineyard, yeah, but uh, honestly, wonder. I'm underwhelmed. The, I agree with that part. Bob? Well, I'm definitely picking up on the... When I add water to it, I definitely pick up the wine note on it a lot more, just like we did with the uh, the last one. Um, you definitely pick up the Pinot Noir. The fruit comes forward on it. On the nose, yeah, between no water and adding water, as soon as I added water, the, 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 the wine nose comes out, the red berries... Uh, the vanilla, some toasted oat, uh, almost a, almost get like a coconutty kind of thing in the nose. Um, on the palate, hold on. On the palate, it's got almost a, a, a creaminess to it, um, like a like a vanilla custard or creme brulee. Um, I get a little bit of a nuttiness to it, and I think that's the. Uh, the slight bitterness, you know, like a walnut, that that sort of dry kind of yeah. uh, from the outside. Yeah. You know, when you're chewing walnuts and everything, it's sort of that tannin. Right. And I think that's what I'm picking up. Um, a little bit of orange peel, um, honey, a, a mild spice, maybe like a very mild nutmeg on the back end. Um, yeah. Again, over you know, uh, you know, a, a 
decent whiskey. Nothing in it jumps out at me, though. That's the problem. Um, you know, there's nothing in it that that bumps up. There's no, no no flavor note or nose note that really shines through. It's all sort of uniform. Um, so, what did you guys? Anything else? Well, we're going to be giving. Uh, we're going to be rating the Tellerbedine Burgundy finish uh, two twenty eight. We're going to be rating that two sips. Well, we could have like a new custom. We can all like you know put the fingers on our forehead for the sip rating. I got a finger for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, read read between the lines. Uh, okay, so our I'm next expression to hear what Brent has to say is going to be the everyone's uh, on their toes about this. Sherry finished, so uh, take it away, Brent. Thanks, Brent, I'm Bob. on the edge of my seat. Well, yeah. whenever we taste any scotch, I'm always on the edge of my seat <laughs> to hear what he has to say. You know, What's that? What's oh, a $60,000 McAllen? What do you think? Yeah, it tastes like scotch. I'm not so sure. <laughs> That's, yeah. I'm adding some water. How much should I add? Well, you've got a half a ounce pour. you got a yeah, gallon, gallon of water, gallon you got a gallon of water next yeah. to you. How much do you want to I add? I just keep adding water until that scotchiness goes away. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're going to be happy about this one then, because <laughs> our next expression is the Tullibardine 500 Sherry Finish, 43% ABV, non-age stated. Hold on. What does the 500 stand for? What does that mean? 500 liter Pedro Jimenez Sherry Barrel. Sherry Barrel. Is 228. A Sherry liter. butt. Yeah. yeah. Is a 228 liter is- Vino Brie. Oh, thank you. Yes, you should Either listen to show. You might learn power engine, one <laughs> or the other. <laughs> so this expression is is matured in uh, first fill ex bourbon barrels and then finished for twelve months in five hundred liter Pedro. Now I am really going to mess Pedro this Jimenez. Pedro Jimenez. Jimenez. Pedro Jimenez Sherry Butts. I give it as an H. Jimenez. Yeah, I you know I was, there was no way I was going to get through that. Very good, but um, <laughs> on the nose. He's such the wine connoisseur. It's a miracle <laughs> yeah, we still have sure. him on the show that like, you know, wine spectator hadn't snapped him up already. <laughs> on the on the nose, I get a lot of I get a lot of toffee. I get some uh, I get some sugar. I get some red berries, apple, a little bit of oatmeal. Um, once I go to the palate though, I am I get the thing that overwhelms me the most on this is a burnt toffee. I get like burnt toffee on the palate. I get some dried fruit. Um, it's I get a, a nice I get a nice creaminess to the whole thing, but the even after I added water, the the thing that carries through for me is that burnt toffee. I just it's just the best way I describe it is that that just lingers on too far. It's like it's like I want that toffee and I and but then but this one's kind of a burnt one, and so it's it's kind of overpowering for all the other all the other flavors that blend in. You know, I can taste you know, especially that dried fruit. That comes through, the toffee over overpowers it all. Well, I so, gotta say, it, it it like the others, it's really benefited from some time in the glass. Yeah, the yeah. nose on this when one we first has it, really changed. When we first poured it, I was really having a hard time, and it was at a loss for words. But it's definitely improved oh, yeah. in the last twenty minutes. Not just water, but yeah. air. Oh yeah, yeah. I still time. get that. I still get that burntness in the. You know, that's that that burn on the. You know, from a. Well, like an overcooked, an overcooked. I think that's the pork shoulder you made last night. Yeah. The smoker that you, you didn't wash your hands for eight hours. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. I knew it was something, but I mean, I still get that a burnt little flavor on there from that. You know, still with even adding water. I, I bet you I ten dollars, right. I can get them say burnt it, fifteen more times. 
it burnt, just, burnt, it just burnt, burnt, tastes burnt. like a lot of tannins in the wood. Tastes like it's maybe a little drop over the hill. Um, it's got a creamy mouthfeel to it, though, which is it, uh, the uh, surprising what, part to it. In the well, front, our first fill, um, yeah, cask. So you, you um, would think it would be a little bit sweeter on the finish. I think that's yeah. the problem. We expect when we see sherry, and we know it's a first fill cask, we expect a good amount of sweetness on the end. But this is not just any sherry. This is PX. This yeah. is uh, this should be super. Super, yeah. super sweet. Yeah. yeah, but it's a dry. But it, all the fruits I get out of it are dry. There's not. I don't get any like fresh fruit out of. You know, it's all like a dried fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, those they're they're kind of toned down. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's it's a PX sherry. I mean, it it's the, the pretty much the sweetest sherry you're going to get, and it's not it, it's not as sweet as you would think even an Oloroso. So that's I'm confused. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't take much to confuse you. you no, know, that's true. Yeah. A flashlight <laughs> usually is good for that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe the sherry bud had been reused. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you're you're picking up a lot more of the oak tannin. You're getting a lot more to the wood tannin than you're getting the sugar. And it should be, I would think, the other way. Other around. way around. It should be sugar yeah. for Yeah, you'd think yeah. they would number one advertise it as a PX cask because PX is not just any old sherry. And most people that are using PX casts are going to put that on the label. Yeah. Um, oh, there's a lot of lack of differentiation among sherry casks, but for for most people, you know, regardless of what you use, it's going to be about the same. But PX it ought to ought to say that on the label, and it's yeah. not. But the uh, nose, the nose is, again, just like the 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 second one, the nose on this one has made oh, it opened up beautifully a huge turn. I mean, the yeah, nose, yeah, it's actually it very was lovely. no nose, and yeah. now it's really, yeah. I, I mean, I had got the burnt toffee would, on the nose, not, and uh, just and, it, and it, with the water, it toned down to just toffee. I would not think there that was, this was uh, a PX sherry, but I definitely, you know, I mean, the sherry has definitely come forward with time and you know, some air and some water. Yeah, I mean, the nose is is, is quite lovely, honestly. Um, so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm confused as to why it's not sweeter. That that I don't understand. I'm tasting that dryness in each of the expressions on the end. I would have expected some of them to have been sweeter. I mean, the sauterne was was really very very nice. Okay, and with a lot of water, you get, did get to taste it. But I think by and large, on on all the expressions, you're getting a very uh, dry tannin-like, powdery finish on the end. So maybe that's just the style of the distillery. The house style. Yeah, it might be. You know, it's entirely possible. Yeah, I mean, it's improved. It's improved since we've since we've opened up and put in the glass, add water to it and stuff. And you got to do that, or you won't enjoy. Well, we're going to give the Tullerbedine 500 sherry finish two sips, and we'll be back. All right, and we are back, and we are discussing uh, whiskeys, uh, scotches, single malts from the Tullerbedine Distillery. So we're going to move on, and we're going to have Maury tell us about our next expression. Thank you, Bob. The next expression is the Tullerbedine 20-year, clocking in at 43% ABV. This is aged in first-fill bourbon barrels. Um, This one's got a nice color. It's got a little more color than all the rest. It's uh, uh, a deep gold with a little hint of copper to it. I like the color quite a bit. 
on the nose, uh, a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of honey, but I also get a little uh, hint of petroleum. And uh, I'm not sure. I was hoping that that would blow off, but we've left it for quite a while in the glass, and it really has not uh, improved much. As for the palate, it's got a beautiful mouthfeel. It's got some viscosity. It's coating. You definitely get a little bit of vanilla, hint of orange, a little caramel, a little honey, a little allspice and pepper. Um, definitely an improvement over what we've been tasting uh, up until this point. But uh, it's also just starting to get a little tired to me. I think this may be a little bit past its prime. Uh, I was hopeful that the 20 would really be the sweet spot in the lineup. But uh, it's a pleasant whiskey. It's an enjoyable whiskey. Uh, but I'm not sure it's worth the premium that you're going to pay for a 20-year-old uh, whiskey. Alan, what'd you think? I kind of like the whiskey uh, at first. But as time goes on, it hasn't you know, come to that, that beautiful spot where it should be. Uh, again, you know, maybe it's just the distillery style. But... A lot of tannins in there. Uh, taste, you know, gives you that pucker that tells you that it could be a little bit past its prime. Um, not, nothing terrible, you know. It, it's certainly a whiskey. No, it's worth not drinking. offensive. Yeah, certainly a whiskey no worth flaws. drinking. But I don't know if it would be my first choice for a twenty-year-old. Yeah, no, I I would agree with you completely. Um, it's a nice effort, but. Just nothing that really draws you in and says, hey, here I am. Yeah. Justin? I got um, some burnt notes on this one, like uh, vanilla, burnt orange peel. Not a lot of complexity on the nose. On the palate, there was an interesting note of ginger and pepper, which kind of worked together pretty well, and it followed through with the burnt peel. I'd probably drink this with sushi just because the ginger you know would like counter the wasabi might be a good counter note for that but it's not a session drinker by any means Get a little hint of cantaloupe on it somewhere in bit. there it's an interesting uh flavor brett yeah this one here to me with the you know on the nose i got those i got the vanilla and i got the i got some cocoa um uh oatmeal oatmeal really stood out with me for this one you know, I could really smell the I think oatmeal. that's your breakfast you're regurgitating. I think yeah. so. It might he be. And cream of wheat is still some stuck in the Stuck in my teeth? Tea. Yeah. Give yeah. me well, a flusser. That that give me a, fl is give me a fl flusser again, guys. Maybe just brush but, um, once yeah. in a while. I mean, the, um, on the palate, I got van vanilla was the first thing that stuck out to me. And then it was very front forward. I got a lot of, I got a lot of like a white pepper and allspice. And, um, and again, that, the cocoa, a little bit of a dry cocoa. And oatmeal, oatmeal again came through on the palate with me. So, but the problem I had with the finish was this one again was was all front forward and it was very dry. So it was a little bit off putting to me as far as like would I grab it and you know and drink it? Maybe if you you know with this one here is you know when you're looking for a cigar, you know to uh, you know a scotch to drink with a cigar, this one might do it because of the dryness for that. Yeah, I think you're. I think you got that one. Definitely, yeah. I think this would be good with a cigar. You know, with a cream, creamy, mild cigar. Yeah, you know, this would this would be nice with that. Bun. You know, you're trying. You know, it's, this would be a good pairing with that one. 
Yeah, you should be talking to him. That, that man's bought more cigars than any human I know on earth that doesn't own a cigar store. So, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I'd probably uh, pair it with one of the Padrones, you know, one of their like 20 year anniversarios. I think that would just be perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, this is what this, I think that's exactly what this, what this uh, scotch is made, you know, made for, you know, pairing with a cigar. I think that is exactly what this needs. You know, when I look at what to well, do with something, something to amp it up a little bit, I think yeah. a cigar would do I that. I think a cigar would do that for it. That's what I think it is. Maybe we should rename it Cigar Malt. C- yes. I think Maybe. somebody else might have a problem with that name. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any trademark lawyers what listening you to this show, this, they're Bob? foaming at the mouth. Um, the nose on this definitely, again, an, another one of the ones that when I, when I added water to it, the nose really came out. Um, vanilla and honey and again cocoa butter and a bit of that uh, that dry kind of tannin that you pick up on the back end and and on the palate definitely caramel and, and honey not sweet just slight notes in the back um, a little bit of allspice and ginger and hold on I I still get that oh, like an oatmeal, like almost like an oatmeal cookie, but not quite there, mm-hmm. but like a like an undercooked oatmeal cookie. I get on it. I'm gonna tell your on wife the nose, to bake yeah. cookies a little longer. Yeah, yeah. On the nose, definitely. On. You know, yeah. What like we give like it, a bakery. It's, yeah, you know, like it's, it's, it's like a little like yeah, you're walking like into a bakery under- and and it you know bread and cookies and cakes are all baking. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 yeah, way it's, it's it's way up in your head. In the way in the back of the nose, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it. Nothing wrong with it, nothing wrong with it. Um, but I think, yeah, it might be. Maybe they should have barreled this maybe at eighteen. Um, but we are going to. Uh, we're going to be giving the Tellerbedeen uh, twenty year, two sips. Well, isn't that nice? All right, and this takes us to our last expression. Let me move this glass. And this is the Tellerberdeen 25-year, 43% ABV. This is aged for 25 years in first fill and second fill Oroso sherry casks. Um, it's got an absolutely beautiful color to it. I mean, dark, dark mahogany. Nice color of the day. Oh, I mean, well, look at the bottles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the color on that is magnificent. This is a, this is a um, 1940s copper penny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and on the you nose, know? on the nose, I get sort of a baking spice. I get vanilla. Get that bitter orange. Yeah, the bitter orange is real, real pronounced. And uh, like stewed fruit, like yes. plums and plums and peaches. It's got a real nice nose to it. On the palate, let's see. Hmm. Yeah, vanilla custard. Again, oranges. Uh, side palate along the sides of the tongue. I'm picking up a lot of citrus on that. Um, raisins, baking spice. Um, not very forward with the sherry. I mean, you can sort of taste the undernotes. You know, considering that, it's been 25 years yeah. in sherry, yeah, it is not a sherry bomb. No, no, not at all. But I mean, you're you're picking up all the sherry, all the stuff that you're not tasting sherry you're tasting the stuff that sherry sort of gives it 
you know, you're getting some of that orange, you're getting some of the, uh, some of that nutty and raisiny sort of flavor to it. Um, and again, still sort of that dryness on the palate. So I'm, I'm guessing that's just sort of indicative of the, the house style. Um, and on the back palate, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I don't know why, but I'm just getting that slight, almost smokiness. Way, way in very the Very slight, palette. very far yeah. in the end. I don't know if it's just barrel char or, you know, or what, no. but definitely a smoky character in the back palate on this. That, that, that smokiness. After you swallow it, the finish, after it, it comes down, that's when I pick it up. Yeah. I think it adds a lot to the whiskey. I oh, think, yeah. I think oh, yeah. I, I was very, very pleased tasting Telebardine 25. I think it, it it's a... It's a very good to close to great whiskey. Um, but it's a step up from everything else we've had in their line. Oh, by far. The problem far. is, Alan, I would bet that the price point is three to four X what the rest of the line is. And is it three to four times better? I'm not sure well, if it will warrant the price. To a man of your I, means and stature in the community, money is nothing. You know, well, it is. You know, I mean, for the rest of us, you know, I mean, I don't know why you're worried about spending money. I'm not worried. Yeah, the doctor yeah. down here but, yeah, but wipes it's a his huge, backside with 20s. But, yeah, it's a, it's very unique because with the 20 in the bourbon barrel, we kind of thought that might have been too much. You know, but then, but if you have this, with this barrel, with the uh, with the Oloroso sherry cask, uh, 25 years, it's a, it's a huge improvement. Yeah. So it's, it really it's cask does. To cask. You know, it, one cask will go 40 years and it's magnificent. Exactly. One goes 10 or 11 and it's over the hill. Yeah. You know, it's exactly. This, you know, this the, was really a very, very good whiskey. You know, it's, it's very pleasing. I, I'm proud to be drinking it. Yeah. It's got a silky feel to it. It's got those spices. It's fruity. It's Have toffee. Um, you know that, Give that the, man another whiskey. And, you know, before we added the water, I didn't get any of that smokiness to it. I mean, and I can usually pick up smoke a lot. And then once we added the water, you get a little bit of that smokiness mm. that you know that people really enjoy from a, you know, from a good scotch, and it really comes out with a little bit of water. Just a wee drop. And this one too, I think. I think the time from the air is really better, yeah. especially it, on the nose. Yeah, I think every the single one of these expressions really that we're doing today, they benefited from time. Air. Time in the time in the glass and water. Every single one of them, that little yeah. bit of water we gave them, the little bit of time in the glass, the extra, you know, that yeah, hour in the glass. Patience pays off. Yeah. Yeah. The the the, the nose. Patience on this really is, does is, pay is, off with these. Has amped up double from when we first poured the bottle. You know, it's like it's like I almost want to revisit one of the other ones, but I know better. We revisited it. <laughs> Trust me, it didn't change. It didn't change that one. <clears throat> really well executed scotch. It has balance, it has the right balance of oiliness and dryness to it. It's definitely the best of the line, hands down. Oh definitely my. Got some burnt notes to it, but they were pleasant in this expression. It's got a fabulous color. I know you can't drink color, but you look at that bottle compared to everything else. Forget the gold label. It's just a beautiful color. I mm -hmm. mean, it's got mahogany notes to it. It's just. It's like Stella. fine Corinthian. It is. Leather. It's like when you go when you look at a yes, shelf when Ricardo. you go into the store <laughs> and you go into the store. That's one of the first things I look at. You know, when you look at the different you look at the different bourbons, scotches, Irish whiskeys, or whatever whatever you're looking at. Um, color is one of the first things to notice. You know, you notice the bottle shape. You notice the you know the features on the bottle and the 
always notice the color. And that one, this one here, definitely has the color for all of these here. <laughs> it, the color on this one is indicative of the richness of the whiskey. It's a very, very positive whiskey. Enjoyable, truly enjoyable. So I give them many yeah, stars. Well, you know, that's just like... Uh your opinion man yeah well you guys always tell me that yeah you guys always tell me that they can add coloring to you know the scotches there's no rules about it or anything but you know when you look at this lineup and stuff and you look at them i you know i, I just kind of think like there's no way they're adding coloring to any of these to do this i think these are all just original they all look you know because you're looking at you go from light from a straw color to this to this dark this dark rich color you know you guys always worry me when you tell me they can add coloring to stuff. I'm scared. <laughs> How do it's like it's not like they're adding though, right? blue to it, you know. So I know that. Like I know you have no idea if they did or yeah. not, you know. But you know, yeah, they're not uh, putting blue or, or no. Purple, I understand. You know, so you know, don't worry about it. Be so. worse if it was dark mahogany and it tasted watered down, but it doesn't. Yeah, can you imagine the if the first one was the color of this one, and we had a, it was just just because of the color, yeah, and we were judging it on that. You know, you, it's, sometimes I almost think that the color um, influences your palate. Like you know, oh, you're expecting oh, yeah. suggestions. You're expecting. Well, why, your brain. why do you think? That, why do you think <laughs> Scotland they let you add color to it? I mean, if it didn't influence your palate, you you, know, you really wouldn't care if it was you know purple, purple. It make right? A but so I mean, but. You would say, and then, well, why did not they did not add a color to in fact, the, the sovereign? You're looking fairly purple today. I am looking very purple today. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to be uh, rating the Tullerberdine 25 year at three sips. Interesting. Honestly, I three well deserved sips. To give it three at the beginning of the day, hmm. and at the end of the night, after spending many hours here in the basement, yeah, it, was, it was a low three at the beginning, and now it's it's a it's That's a high three. Teetering right? on yeah, four, it's teetering yeah. on four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would agree. It's really evolved quite a bit, and I think that's a, a point well taken. And that is that uh, Americans in general, we tend to be, you know, we want it immediate gratification. We want to pour it and drink it and enjoy it. And uh, some will say that the uh, average time to opening a bottle of wine in this country is about 20 minutes. But uh, I would what say, should it be? well, there's it depends on the wine. wine for many, many years. But uh, when you got something that's been sitting in a bottle for a decade, you need to, you know, let it breathe a little. <laughs> yeah. yeah this, but these, uh, but this, honestly, these whiskeys need to breathe. And yeah. there's no question. This line, that, yeah. this this line, line here really needs yeah. to breathe. I mean, this, uh, it really, everything, everything we waited on, we waited on the time, we added the water. Every one of those things helped this. Yeah, they just, they, they change. They, and, and that's so honestly, I, I kind of enjoy that about whiskey is, you know, it's all, every, every one you gets different. Every barrel you try is different. Every distillery is different, and you can try the same whiskey two or three times, and and it and it's different every time. And then you, then you have the factors of air, you have the the factors of water. I mean, it's 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 kind of magic. You had how for these lunch if you were like the Japanese and you did or didn't have the same lunch every day. Mm. You know what you ate for lunch may influence how the whiskey uh, tastes. Definitely, well, it did with him when he had his oatmeal this morning. That's right. Effect. Everything had oatmeal so, today. I'm the only one that's the only one that's eating oatmeal. Ever heard Brent say oatmeal before today? <laughs> oatmeal. What about burnt? Burnt, burnt, burnt. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and you can catch all of our episodes where you found this one, as well as on Terrestrial and Satellite Radio, online at iTunes, Acast, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, PRX, and nearly any place you can listen to a podcast. The easiest way to find this show is to ask Alexa, Siri, or Google to play podcasts, Sip, Suds, and Smokes. We love your feedback. You can reach us online at sipsudsandsmokes.com. And our tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at sipsudsandsmokes. And our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with the thousands of other fans on there. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode. If you're listening to us online, it's a big help. And we get to see your feedback as well. And I want to thank our co-host for joining us today. Oatmeal Man. Uh, Thank you for wearing your kilt. I appreciated that. Just keep crossing and uncrossing my legs like that movie. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Maury. Thank you, Bob. I'm so glad I got to eat the haggies and the neeps instead of the oatmeal because it really allowed me to have a more open-minded approach to these whiskeys today. We need more oatmeal in Scotland. That's all I can <laughs> Thank tell you. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Remember, if it's not Scottish, it's crap. Oh, Lord. And thank you, Alan. Uh, thank all of you guys. It's such a pleasure to be back and hanging out with people that appreciate whiskey as much as I and many other people do. Yeah, we're alcoholics. Uh, <laughs> that goes without saying. <laughs> well, for Sip, Suds, and Smokes, this is Made Man Bob, and we thank you for joining us. And remember, life is too short to drink bad whiskey. Mm. Brett, next month, I'm going to give you creme brulee for breakfast. Creme brulee and oatmeal. Everything will taste like coffee. creme brulee. Here, this one's for Justin. Wait. Here you go. Those are my Welcome favorites to today. Scottish. Our slogan is, if it's no Scottish, it's crap! crap. There you go. Just for it's you. Crap. <laughs> been a one tan hand production of sip suds and smokes a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life from the dude in the basement studios your host the good old boys will see you all next time